Hi, I'm Jay John. Welcome to the Just 10 series here in London. We're looking at God's 10 commandments and we're focusing on number one. Have no other gods. And the title is How to Live by Priorities. A woman wanted some companionship because she felt very alone. And so she bought a, a parrot so that she could have someone to talk to. Bought the parrot, took it home. But the first day, the parrot didn't say anything. So she went back to the shop, the store, and said to the manager, uh, the parrot has not spoken for a whole day. The manager says, well, uh, did you buy a mirror? Because the parrots, they like mirrors. They like looking at themselves. Oh, no, I didn't. Bought a, a mirror and went back. But the next day, the parrot still didn't speak at all. So she went back and said, look, no, the parrot's not speaking. Oh, when you got the parrot, did you buy a swing? Because they really like to swing. <laughs> they love swinging. And, oh, no, OK, I'll buy a swing. And uh, hope that'll get him going. He'll look in the mirror and he'll talk to you. And so she bought the swing. Next day, she, the parrot didn't speak, not at all. Went back. The manager says, oh, look, did you buy a ladder? Because sometimes they like going up and down, up and down, up and down. And then they have a little swing, look in the mirror. Maybe that will do it. So she bought the ladder. Anyway, the next day she came back and said to the manager, the parrot died. Yeah. Parrot died. The manager said, did, did the parrot say anything before he died? She said, yes, he did. Well, what did the parrot say? The parrot said, have you got any food? <laughs> Sometimes we forget the main thing. The main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. We have finally arrived at the beginning. The first commandment reads in Exodus 20 verse 2, I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. I believe that this commandment has the number one position because it is the most important. The principle of this commandment is that God gets first place in our lives. The first commandment begins with our relationship with God and our relationship with God affects our relationships with other people. Because God is the creator of the universe, he is not going to play second fiddle to anything else. God is God, and he's not applying for the job. God longs for us, as Luke 10, 27 says, to seek him with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength and with all our mind. God says, show me 
your love. Demonstrate your commitment by putting me first in your life. I love the illustration of the car, the car of your life, to illustrate Christianity. To be a Christian using this analogy means Jesus has been invited into the car of our lives. And if Jesus is not yet in your life, I really urge you, I encourage you, open the door of your life and let him in. But for the majority of us here, I am sure Jesus is in the car of our lives. The big question is, where is Jesus in the car of your life? Do you drive your car to church, unlock the boot, get Jesus out for a religious happy hour, <laughs> at the end of the service, get back in there? <laughs> you know, some people express their Christianity one hour on a Sunday morning, but you would never know the rest of the week. Others of you are thinking, no, he's not in the boot. Where is he? On the back seat, a bit of a passenger. Others of you are thinking, no, he's in the front, the front passenger seat, a bit of a companion, but still a passenger. And some of you are thinking, no, he's in the driving seat of the car of my life. Now, for every one of you that thought Jesus is in the driving seat of the car of your life, may I ask you one more question? Are you a backseat driver? <laughs> the car gets to a roundabout. Jesus turns left. Where are you going? <laughs> I'm going down the road of generosity. <laughs> Don't want to be generous. Or you get to a T-junction. Jesus turns right. Where are you going? I'm going down the road of forgiveness. I don't want to forgive. It's very easy to say, oh, Jesus, he's in my car. He's in my life. But is he in the driving seat? Loving God means that having made Christ number one in our lives, we constantly reaffirm that decision, checking to see if he is still number one. And to do that, we have to be aware of the competition for his place and make a choice. How do we give God first place in our lives? I would like to suggest to you five questions that we could ask so that we can discover if Jesus is first in the driving seat of our lives. F-I-R-S-T, first. Put God first in my finances. When the Israelites reached the promised land and they were faced with the temptations associated with having endless possessions, the Bible records this in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 11. Be careful 
that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God. Our personal agendas and self-indulgence can suffocate our love for God. And perhaps the reason why so many people have a love affair with money and possessions is because they do not have one with God. How we spend our money reveals what is important. If God is first place in our finances, that is a good sign that God is first place in our lives. So put God first in our F, finances. Secondly, put God first, F-I, put God first in my interests. That includes career, hobbies, recreation. And you can tell a lot about people's priorities by what they get really excited over. And it's very interesting, isn't it, that if you go to a football match and you jump up and down and you support your team and you applaud and you, you're called a fan. But if you go to church and get very excited, you're called a fanatic. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't care if anyone calls me a fanatic for Jesus. What do you like to think about the most? What do you like to read about the most? What do you like to talk about the most? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. To approach our interests with gratitude. If it wasn't for God, we wouldn't have anything. Put God first in our finances. Put God first in our interests. Thirdly, F-I-R, put God first in our relationships. Now, I find this interesting. Take a married couple, a husband and a wife. If Christ is first in the husband's life, and Christ is first in the wife's life, then that's not going to happen because Jesus isn't going to hit Jesus. So is Christ first? Is Christ first? Put Christ first in our relationships. If we love God, we must act justly and stand up against 
public opinion. And in Acts 5.29, we know that the early disciples said, we must obey God rather than people. I would rather stand with God and be judged by the world than stand with the world and be judged by God. Put God first in our finances. Put God first in our interests. Put God first in our relationships. Fourthly, F-I-R-S. Put God first in my schedule. We can get so busy that we can forget God. Putting God first, not just on a Sunday. You know, imagine me saying to my wife, Killy, oh, Killy, is it all right if I'm faithful to you one day a week? (laughs) One day a week. I mean, I will be faithful to you, but one day a week, because I'm busy the other six days. So I'll give you one day. No, you can't say to God, I'll be faithful to you one day a week. Partial faithfulness is no faithfulness at all. Partial faithfulness is no faithfulness at all. Putting God first doesn't just mean going to church on a Sunday. God says, I want to be part of your daily schedule. How do we do that? Well, we make appointments with God, like we would do with anybody else. And we establish the regular habit of time with God. King David said, I will pray morning, noon and night and he will hear and answer me. Psalm 55, verse 17. Right in the middle of my schedule, I'm going to stop and I'm going to tune into God. Otherwise, days turn into weeks, which turn into months. And then we discover it's been a long, long time since we really walked with God. Daily, not just on Sunday. Spiritual food on Sunday is not a sufficient diet for the rest of the week. We need to establish the habit of regular time in prayer, reading, hearing God's word. And I would encourage you, read through the Bible. My wife and I try and read through the Bible uh, once a year. Sometimes we don't manage it in 12 months, but we, we still do it. We keep doing it until we've done it, and then we do it again, and then we do it again, and then we do it again. God's Word, the Bible, it's the only reliable data that we have about God. You know, if you've never read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, at least do it once. Because when you get to heaven, it's going to be a little bit awkward and a little bit embarrassing. Because you're going to get to heaven, you know, Peter might welcome you, take you in, and then he'll introduce you to Obadiah. (laughs) And Obadiah says to you, did you like my book? And you say, book? What book? (laughs) Who published it? Then he introduces you to Zephaniah. Zephaniah says, did you like my book? What, you wrote a book? How many 
people wrote books up here. It's, it's going to be very difficult to have conversations with some people. So at least read it through once and pray. Pray. One person said, I never pray longer than five minutes, but I never go longer than five minutes without praying. You know, your whole life, you're tuning in, talking to the creator of the universe. Prayer does not need proof. It needs practice. And in prayer, we're not twisting the hand of God. We're holding the hand of God. Let's hold the hand of God. Put God first in my finances. Put God first in my interests. Put God first in my relationships. Put God first in my schedule. F-I-R-S-T. Put God first in my troubles. We all go through problems, pressures, and crises. There are two types of suffering, minor suffering and major suffering. Minor suffering is what you suffer from. Major suffering is what I suffer from. <laughs> we always feel, don't we, our suffering is major. Who do we turn to first when we face struggles? When everything falls apart and we're feeling like we're being poured apart. Who do we turn to first? I spoke at Oxford University and uh, this student came up to me and he said to me, oh, Mr. John, uh, I've listened to you all week. I, I spoke every night. And, um, and he said, oh, I, I find you an interesting speaker. I said, oh, thank you. And he said, but I personally believe Christianity is a crutch. And I looked at him and I thought, I hope you break your legs. That's why I'm not a pastor. <laughs> no, but it was a thought. It was just a thought. You know, we all have little bubbles, don't we? Yeah? Yeah, the little bubble just said, I hope you break your legs, you know, but I didn't tell him that. And I said, listen, listen, if you broke both of your legs, would you appreciate the use of a wheelchair to get around? He said, yes, I would. I said, if you broke one leg, would you appreciate the use of crutches to get around? He said, yes, I would. I said, I'm a broken person. So are you. I've never met a person who isn't broken. And I'm so glad I can lean on Jesus while he's putting me back together again. Amen. When you have nothing left but God, you discover that God is enough. Yes. When you discover you have nothing left but God, you discover that God is enough. When it's dark, you can see the stars. Let's look at Jesus during the dark times because he is the light. Putting him first in our lives in the driving seat. Is, it, is he first in my finances? Is he first in my interests? Is he first in my relationships? Is he first in my schedule? Is he first in my troubles? 
to keep this commandment is, as Jesus said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. In other words, to see everything from his perspective. Make his will our guide to light our path and our goal and objective to give him honour. It is to put him first in thought, word, deed, in business and leisure, in friendships and career, in the use of our treasure, our time and our talents, and technology at work and at home. In this, the first commandment, we are brought back to the basic of basics. Choosing Christ means making a choice that excludes every other option and possibility. If you are willing to have no other gods, you can have God. That's what the first commandment is all about. If you're willing to have no other gods, you can have the true and living God. The true and living God. How long will you feel you have enough of Jesus to make you appear religious, but it doesn't transform you? Do you live a double standard, a double life? How long will you say Christ is Lord, yet make it obvious that many other things rate above him? I love the story of the um, double-decker bus with the big sign on the side of the bus, egg and bacon, the great British breakfast. And the bus went past the field. And in the field, there was a chicken and a pig. <laughs> and the chicken turned to the pig and said, look, 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 we're famous. <laughs> Wherever the bus goes, it talks about us. Egg and bacon, the great British breakfast. And the pig turned around to the chicken and said, it's all right for you, isn't it? You only have to make a contribution. But for me, it cost me my life. Jesus is not interested in contributions. St. Augustine wrote this, Christ is not valued at all unless he be valued above all. Christ is not Lord at all unless he is Lord of all. Our response to the first commandment is to nurture a loving, faithful relationship with Jesus. Loving Jesus gives us a greater capacity to love others. To some people, Jesus is nothing. To other people, Jesus is something. And then there are those people 
where Jesus is everything. Which one are you? Will you put Jesus in the driving seat of the car of your life? This is what the first commandment is all about. Putting him first in our lives. When you put him first and you honor him, he will honor you. So, as we conclude the, this Just 10 series, how do we respond? Well, we have to respond to that question. Am I going to put him first in my life? Maybe some of you have never even invited him in. Well, why didn't you invite him in? Invite him in. Let him come in. Cleanse your life. Fill you with his presence and his peace. Others of us, it might be what we now need to do at the end of this journey of just 10. It might be that you've realized I have to reposition Jesus. You know he's in your life, but maybe he is in the boot. Maybe he is on the back seat. Maybe he is in the driving seat, but maybe you're a back seat driver. And maybe what you need to do is to say, I want to reposition Jesus and I want to dedicate and rededicate my life. If you would like to put Jesus first in your life, pray this prayer along with me now. Jesus, I would like to put you into the driving seat of my life. I would like to put you first in my life. First in my finances, interests, relationships, schedule and troubles. I know, Lord Jesus, I have broken your commandments and I'm grateful to you for dying on the cross for me. Cleanse my life. Set me free from the past. Come into my life by your Holy Spirit. Reside in the driving seat of my life. Lead me, guide me from this day on and help me to follow you faithfully. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope that this series on the Ten Commandments, I hope it has been illuminating as well as inspiring. I hope that it has renewed you, maybe revived you, but definitely repositioned your heart, your mind and your soul. May I encourage you to keep building your life with God's Ten Commandments as your foundation. Be guided by these timeless principles and values. And the good book says this, 
those who honour God, God will honour. How true that statement is. God bless you. Just 10 by J. John. Relaunched and reimagined. Just 10 is a 10-session series to explain the Ten Commandments and their relevance today. With free video resources for churches and small groups and a re-released book to help you go deeper. Take time to unpack how each of us can live by these timeless principles today. Visit just10.org to find out more.